Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here's Marketplace Veteran and your host, Bob Lambert. Hello, hello out there, everybody. Aiming our way out to you from the center of the universe here, Chicago, Illinois. (laughs) And AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Hey, listen, here at Faith Marketplace, we equip individuals, entrepreneurs, small business owners with resources plus community to make a kingdom impact to glorify our mighty God while gaining inspiration from marketplace leaders. And boy, have I got a great one for you today, all the way from Memphis, Tennessee. I'm, uh, again, Bob Lambert, the host of Faith Marketplace, also the founding partner of the Samurai Business Group. At Samurai, we offer entrepreneurs, individuals, small, mid-market companies, and their teams advanced business development and sales skills training. Most of our clients report that they have doubled or tripled their top-line revenue within 12 to 18 months. At Samurai, we have a saying. It says, we put the win back in your sales. And boy, I tell you, I've got a great guest today, and I'm so privileged because he had me on his podcast, but I want to introduce you to uh, Dr. Richard Hamlet. He is the founder and the host of Ministry in the Marketplace. Got something after my heart here. And he's uh, from Cordova, Tennessee, which is right outside of Memphis. Welcome, Richard. Well, it's great to be with you and your Chicago audience, Bob. (laughs) Yeah. And we share something else. We're both on Salem Radio, right? (laughs) Yes, that's correct. Yeah, Yeah. it is. But you have a much bigger ministry than uh, than we do. But at least you got we got faith in the marketplace, right? Amen. <laughs> and I love that. That is that's that is it's truly a, a God thing. Hey, listen, you know you shared with me a quote, and I want you to share that with the audience. And why is that important to you, Richard? Yeah, the, the quote is very simply uh, that God is in the business of using ordinary Christians. Uh, to to uh, to be extraordinary gospel witnesses, or or bringing transformation in the marketplace, uh, and it, that really is uh, the, the the simple thesis of everything that uh, prompted ministry in the marketplace um, as a program. Now in our eighth or almost ninth year, uh, because uh, truly God's plan to share the good news to those. Uh, in the marketplace can only happen with Christians going outside the church walls, Bob, and on an intentional basis with their faith and works, being able to share the good news that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. Boy, you said it, brother. <laughs> That's why you're also a pastor, too. We're going to get into that yeah. a little bit later. But, yeah. hey, uh, what, do you want the, what do you want the takeaways for our audience to be today, Richard, in our time together? Well, I, I want everyone that's listening to know that, that, that they are unique um, and that uh, they, are, they are called to be individual witness for, witnesses for Jesus within their workplace and their social arenas, their educational spheres. Uh, the Great Commission in sharing Jesus is not just for the paid clergy. Mm, <laughs> it yep. is for what we call the laity and everyone who is a member of Christ's confessional church. So you are important if you're listening today. You can reach people with the gospel that your pastor and elders and deacons and others may never be able to to reach. And the very location and vocation that God has you in 
was ordained by God. Mm. He, he placed you strategically where you're at, and that may change from season to season in your life. So the important thing is being intentional, being focused, and then knowing that if you share the good news of Jesus, it doesn't matter what the results are. It doesn't matter the outcome. You may never see a positive response, but you're throwing out the seed of the word, and the Holy Spirit does a good job during his, in his work of ministry, taking it from there. That's why I tell you. Uh, you must be reading off my script too, buddy. You know, we've had our ministries <laughs> almost the same amount of time. Mine's in its ninth season, over 780 interviews, and so uh, you know. It's interesting how God works, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> it's amazing. Yes. Well, you know, actually, before the show, I tried to find a lot of your quotes because I thought those would be good ones for, you, the, for your audience. <laughs> <laughs> well, God's got many of them for me, believe yeah, me, and, uh, and how he's, he just as is my salvation. That in and of yes, itself, amen. you know, was, was a big story. Uh, well, listen, let's let the audience know who Richard Hamlet really is. So uh, did you come out of bounce a baby Christian boy? Uh, I, I was uh, born into a Christian family, and uh, the, as, as young as I can remember, I attended church. Uh, my parents were uh, faithful followers of Jesus, and uh, I grew up in the Presbyterian Church mm -hmm. uh, in the metro Memphis area. Okay. And so I was blessed to be here in the Bible Belt, as you know, Bob. Ah, yeah, there you so go, buddy. <laughs> you and, couldn't escape uh, it. <laughs> you know, uh, so, yes, that's where I, that's where I came from. Uh, I was saved at a, as a 10-year-old at a Billy Graham evangelistic crusade in oh, North Alabama. Wow. And uh, I, I had read the scripture and grew up in, on the catechism learning, but uh, and the scriptures made me wise of salvation, but it was when I heard the gospel clearly that one night that the Holy Spirit convicted me and he converted me. And I repented and I believed the gospel. And that was uh, 51 years ago. Wow. And wow, has it been a ride. Wow, it sure has. So all that time uh, growing up, you know, and, and we have a lot of folks, you know, get into those uh, kind of those wandering years through college. Was that uh, anything that affected you as far as your Christian faith? Well, I had I had uh, some of that to uh, to a, to a lesser extent uh, as a teenager, and then my early college college days. I never was in that period where I went into what would be called you know backsliding. Of course, mm -hmm. that how do we define that world? That word is abused and misused many times <laughs> in evangelicalism today. Right. But uh, but really, I, at a young age, uh, you know, when I when I uh, was in college, I was. Uh, I played a professional, I mean, a professional amateur sports there in mm -hmm. the school, and uh, I uh, uh, was, a, you know, an officer in FCA mm -hmm. there, and so I, you know, from that point on, I, I, I had a faithful witness uh, long before I was called the pastor 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and let's, let's talk about that, because uh, I want to know what, an Memphis, uh, what a Memphis boy was doing in Wall Street. Let's tell a little bit about that career. <laughs> well... Fortunately, it was mostly a commute because oh, okay. I, you know, I had three small children and uh, and my wife, and we were here uh, in Memphis. So most I was trained there would be there regularly, uh, and uh, of course, at those those times we didn't have Zoom like this. We mm -hmm. had squawk boxes and phones and different things. You know, I came from the the bond uh, finance uh, structure finance world, the capital markets okay. for those years, and uh, so I never actually lived up there, but. It was I was up there quite a bit, uh, but it was it had quite an influence on me. Obviously, uh, as a financier, and I was a real estate 
investment uh, guy for 15 years before uh, God called me to be a pastor. Yeah, that that is. Yeah, I was looking at your background and. And it just seemed to me like, how in the world did you get from there to, you know, being into, being into all that? And that was, right. uh, I found that really fascinating. Uh, and also the fact, too, that I, I'm kind of interested, you know, and we're going to get into this in another segment, but we got a little bit of time left here with this one, is, you know, that you got called into ministry. Now, how, how did that happen? Is it, you have ministry in your background or in your family? Or well, my, my great-grandfather uh, was a Presbyterian uh, pastor in North Alabama. Okay. Um, besides that, uh, there were no other what we call clergy in our family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I call myself a modern-day modern, modern Amos. Uh-huh. Uh, Amos the prophet, you know, in the Old Testament, he said, I, I'm not a preacher, son of a preacher, but, you know, God called me to preach the word of God. And so really, I see myself, and he was also a real estate magnet and ah, a large okay. farm landowner. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, God called him at midlife. So I, I have some affinity with him as I look back at in his message, too, of, you know, repenting and turning to the Lord in, a, in an idolatrous generation. But that's, you know, that's that's how I, I came into the ministry, some godly counsel. It was, it was to the point, Bob, where I felt like for a couple of years, whatever I did in closing transactions, high finance deals, the next morning I had hangover, deal hangover, because it really wasn't satisfying me uh, like it had before. Right. And, and I was just as much doing the work of the Lord then uh, as a financier to the glory of God. But God was in a two-year period kind of moving me over to this new role, which was a shock to me for sure. Yeah, I'll bet it was because now, did you view when you were when you were in that uh, that uh, financial realm and everything? Did you view what you did as a ministry? Or did that Absolutely. come later? Oh, you did. Okay. Yes. okay. No, I was. I was. I was a, a, an evangelism explosion trainer from from my days as a young deacon at that time in, a, ah. in an evangelical church in Memphis. So so I was I was focused on that, and and we had oppor- when opportunities came up, you know, I would throw out those gospel nuggets as we say. Uh-huh. Uh, I would uh, share uh, the good news of Christ, and uh, and again, a lot of the folks I was involved with. On the street and everywhere else. I mean, most of those uh, men and women, they were, uh, you know, they were very successful, and they, quite frankly, were were pagan in their views. Yep. Although, you know, God would lead me to to those sometimes, time to time, who shared uh, similar affinities with the Christian faith. Well, you know what what struck me is when you said you went to a, a Billy Graham, uh, you know, yeah. revival. Is the fact that you know Billy was very famously quoted saying. You know, the revival, you know, the next revival is going to be in the marketplace, not in the four walls That's of churches. Right. So I got a feel that that was an anointment right from the beginning there, yeah. 10 years of age. You got to go to one of his revivals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He said he believed that the marketplace was the largest unreached people remaining. I mean, that's a pretty broad stroke. I yeah. mean, who can, who can argue with that? Yeah. You know. Well, folks, I'm proud to welcome Inbound Studio as a sponsor of Faith Marketplace. They have generously provided their talent and expertise to develop and maintain the Faith Marketplace website. Marshall Mullet, the owner, has a mission of helping small mid-market businesses be more effective and efficient in getting results from their marketing technology. With their vast experience, Inbound Studios builds websites using inbound marketing methodology that provides a beautiful visitor experience that has them coming back for more. As a result, the company's evolved into premier provider of web technology services in the Midwest 
And we are a living example of that. Get out and check out faithmarketplace.com. I've gotten a lot of compliments and a lot of kudos, and that is Marshall's work. That is the work of inboundstudio.studio. Go out and check them out, inboundstudio.studio. We're going to be right back with my guest, Dr. Richard Hamlet, founder and host of Ministry in the Marketplace. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back on here with Dr. Richard Hamlet. He's the founder and host of Ministry in the Marketplace out of Memphis, Tennessee. And he's got quite a market, quite a story, folks. Uh, if you missed the first segment of this thing, his background, but also uh, he was led into uh, pastoral duties too, as I recall, Richard. So why don't we share a little bit of that with the audience? Because you did church planning, you got a lot of going on with that. So let's share that with the audience. Yeah. So uh, 25 years ago plus, uh, I was ordained as a pastor and uh, began to transition out of the the commercial finance, uh, you know, investment finance business. Um, went to seminary for some training. It's, it's a seminary, not a cemetery, the one I went to. <laughs> good evangelical training. But I was, you know, 15, 20 years older than most of the guys there. <laughs> they were asking, who is this guy coming in? Yeah. Uh, in his mid-30s. But, uh, but anyway, that's where I started uh, uh, the thrust of, of, the, voc- of, the, of the pastoral work. I, I pastored two churches, total about five years. And then uh, for 20 years, just really concluding during COVID, because we had to stop, mm-hmm. traveled to almost 100 countries mm. uh, around wow. the world, uh, and not only preaching the gospel uh, as an evangelist, but also sh- uh, training pastors and church leaders, indigenous leaders from around the world in preaching, but also in business uh, in business uh, skills and, uh, and, and, and biblical principles uh, in business. And so oh, that wow. was some of the... I enjoyed that. I mean, I loved the modeling, the preaching, but I, I loved to train these guys that had nothing, but within their context, they could do something. Right. And so it was just a beautiful experience for me. You know, that you bring up a point too, Richard, because this is an area, and again, uh, I want to be careful with this. I'm not making any disparaging remarks, yeah. but it seems like a lot of ministry, classically trained ministry, don't realize that that congregation, 90% of them got to get up and go to work on Monday, and they're leaving Jesus right. in the car. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so you bringing that to pastors, how, what was the reception of that? Did they even have any concept of that? Well, interesting. Uh, the ones in the, in, in the, in the uh, third world type countries are mm-hmm. less industrialized, like Africa or Asia or some parts of Eastern Europe, former Soviet Union. They were the most receptive. Okay. Because they were looking, because they had very little and they were interested in how within their context to create goods or services to be able to generate resources so they didn't have to rely on the contributions from the Western church. And that, of course, that was my one-on-one thing I'm pursuing. Oh, yeah. But quite frankly, it, to my disappointment, uh, the more that I've done that within the Western uh, evangelicalism world, even here in the United States, there's a, there's a resistance to that, uh, that because, they, because they draw, the, uh, church leaders draw the dichotomy between 
what we call the spiritual and, and the secular. Right. And and they and it's like two categories. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that I think needs to happen in seminaries is there need to be basic business courses mm-hmm. for Bible students. I, there's got to be some exposure to business economics 101, business accounting early on, and then develop that within the context so they can be uh, self-sustaining if God sends them out to a church plant where they've got to be like the Apostle Paul and have it, you know, make tents uh, and have a business to support preaching the gospel. Well, you said, that you, I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, uh, Tom Nelson out of Kansas City, the next yeah, wrote work, yeah, work Matters. But he yeah. actually started a movement that was the current institute out of uh, Grand Rapids really took a hold of that. And that's teaching yeah. pastors about faith, work, and economics. Yes. And so, you know, there has been some movement. I know that it's called Made to Flourish, and I know there's a number of pastors around the country. I don't know where that movement is anymore. Several years back, it was gaining some some traction, yeah. but I don't know where it's at anymore. So, yeah. Those type movements, uh, I've noticed in the last 34 years, as a, lay, as a lay guy first and now born in the clergy, in category name, but in the yeah. marketplace, right. I mean, I've seen those things come up. And there's always a lot of enthusiasm, and then before you know it, you know it's the next flavor of the month. Oh and yeah, folks are going to some other direction within. But it's so important, Bob. Oh my it's goodness, so important. Yeah, yeah, because you know, and we're finding this. I've had a lot of guests on in the you know in big environment, particularly temp temp com- or uh, tech companies, and mm-hmm. it's unbelievable what the what is really happening in some of the major tech companies around the world. There is a big yeah. movement with these ERG groups of faith-based, uh, you know, uh, yes. organizations popping up. And one of the things they say that really is beneficial, and there's been studies on it, when you bring your whole self to work, which is including your faith, you know, yes. uh, there's much more engagement. Uh, people yeah. are really involved, and they feel like they're, they're, you know, they're fulfilling their whole self and so on and so forth. So, you know, we got to get that word out more and more. And I know that you've got a platform for it, and I've certainly been talking about it for about a year and a half now because my eyes really got opened up how big this is becoming, you know, out there. Yeah, I mean, how, how, how good is it to be maybe paid by a public or private mom-and-pop company or private equity fund or something, and, and you're a Christian? Yeah. And you're basically being paid by a secular employer to be a missionary in the marketplace. Yeah. I mean, that is an incredible thought, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> You know, in speaking with this and what you're doing now, Richard, what, who's kind of the ideal audience for you? Well, it's kind of a mixed bag. I mean, because of uh, I've been in both worlds there, right? Uh, within within the ecclesiology or the church, you know, mm-hmm. service within the church. Uh, the the radio program uh, was designed really to to reach out to again the ordinary Christian, right. the, the, the 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 non pastor or non clergy or professional minister, as right. some yeah. would call, which there's no such thing as that. But uh, it was meant to reach out to the ordinary men and women and boys and girls, born again, mm-hmm. professing faith, confessional, but challenging them to take their faith to work, take their faith to the gym take their faith to the library, take their faith to any kind of social event because because these are people they'll encounter who may never come into a sanctuary. They may never come into a church. Right. So how are they going to hear about the goodness of Jesus unless we take it out to them within our spheres of influence and our location and vocation? So that that's really the, the audience for the for the uh, radio program, as mm-hmm. far as my the training ministry with, with with ministers and church leaders, you know that's more of a of a focus on intentionality with you know meeting groups or Zoom meetings now within you yeah. know through technology uh, in person or, or that 
digitally to train and help those ministers that want to become more, you know, want to be more equipped uh, to be able to have marketplace skills. Okay, so, you know, uh, let's have a couple stories here of what you've seen happening since you've de developed this ministry now, nine years going in, you know, nine years you're into it. What, the, yeah. give us a couple stories about what you've seen happen. Yeah, well, a couple of stories come to mind. One was in uh, in Southeast Asia, where uh, a country uh, uh, which is a you know a majority uh, uh, Islamic country, mm -hmm. not to be named, but uh, we were there working with some what's called career missionaries from an evangelical denomination, and uh, when we were there, we helped set up uh, uh, the plan for business plan for mm. agricultural type business and even breeding fish and. And, and chickens and that type of thing to help mm -hmm. produce money so that they could help those in their church who needed funds as well as some of the community. And so we did that several years ago and now it's been 10 years. And now uh, th this uh, this little company has turned into a massive employer and there's <laughs> there's many different branches of this, uh, of this business and hundreds of people working and producing these type products which are being sold within that area and they're funding uh, you know church members who are in poverty those who need uh, money to go out and plant churches and so that's one another one uh, it comes to mind we've been to almost 20 countries in africa and been out in the bush many times where gps could never find us almost <laughs> okay and so we were in one country in the, the eastern part of uh, africa with our indigenous africana church plant partners up there from south africa and we were there and uh, uh, well, I walked up and they had all of these animals, uh, these, these cattle, and, uh, and they were out. And they, apparently that's what they were using to, uh, to sell, uh, to generate program revenue so they could help themselves. Mm -hmm. So uh, one story on that is we were, <laughs> we were in the little house there. It was about 105 degrees, <laughs> and it was hot there, and, we, and there was a big uh, steer outside. And it was 11 o'clock at night and the indigenous pastor came in, he could speak English and said, Brother Richard, I want you to listen to this because in the morning he won't be there. And so we went to sleep and got up at eight o'clock in the morning and Bob, we looked out and that the, the, the skin of that animal was the only thing on the ground. Oh, These wow. people had taken every, every part of this cow and they were using it. To, to eat them themselves, but then to, to sell in the marketplace. And this church was growing and was becoming uh, really self-funding from other Western churches that were sponsoring it. So oh, I'll never forget that one. I heard the last moo of the cow. <laughs> what a great story. Oh my goodness, man, that's fabulous. <laughs> That is fast. And you know something, Richard, again, it plays back into how important the marketplace is, both from the standpoint of you know, spreading the word, but also supporting, you know, supporting yeah. these ministries. Yeah. And, you know, there, you know, there's, there's glimpse of that around the country where uh, churches have bought up, you know, uh, shopping centers, you know, and they've yeah. turned those into, you know, investments and turned those into yes. uh, employment opportunities and a lot of other things. So uh, God bless yeah, you, man. That's, tra that's a, that's fabulous. What a great story that is. <laughs> you know, those stories are great. Anything here in the States at all that has manifested itself like that? Well, here, here in the States, one of the things our foundation's done in the past years is that we would uh, structure some uh, acquisitions of real estate, and uh, we would buy some apartment complexes, mm. and uh, we would go in and, and we would minister to the residents in the, in the apartment okay. uh, properties, and we would come in and have voluntary Bible studies, 
and uh, and I would I'd help to finance it and mm-hmm. you know with with bond financing and other things that were involved with some of my mix and uh, okay. and actually it was a business as missions platform as we be oh yeah I love to reach that. out and so we have voluntary Bible studies church plants and and yet here are these people that are living on the community and again it's 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 completely voluntary in America right. we don't force right. anybody to but you know why not offer the the gospel and 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 the Bible studies to those. Uh, who are our commercial customers uh, in the right strategic venues. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's I love these kind of stories, man. This is great. Well, folks, you got to stay, stay tuned here because, as you can tell, Richard's got a lot he's bringing us today and some great ideas, too. So we're going to be right back with Dr. Richard Hamlet, the founder and host of Ministries in the Marketplace. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, welcome back. I'm here with Dr. Richard Hamlet, the founder and host of Ministry in the Marketplace, all the way from Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, you can't tell that from his uh, his accent at all. But uh, anyway, we got uh, Richard's got a great giveaway for us today. Uh, so, Richard, why don't you tell him about the book uh, okay. that we're going to give away? What is what's it about? Well, uh, hot off the press mm-hmm. uh, is uh, uh, my volume one of Memoirs from the Marketplace. Okay. And uh, it's a collection of 30, what I call 30 homilies to encourage your, your Christian witness. Mm. Now, I was raised a Presbyterian, mm-hmm. and I remember the preacher one, sometimes the pastor would say, well, today it's a sermon but tonight it's a homily well a homily is a short message okay? <laughs> okay. So i like that i like that word yeah and so there's, there's 30 uh homilies that focus on different passages of scripture where i'm exhorting the reader uh to be intentional in their christian witness in the marketplace outside the church walls oh, so it's great. just come out i encourage you uh to get a copy of it okay so here we're doing folks you're going to text me at 312-210-0603 with the keyword marketplace and richard is going to get we're going to get one copy because it's hot off the press so he's, he's got to sell some of these books but he's going to give one away okay so again 312-210-0603 with the keyword marketplace and the first one that texts me with that is going to get a copy of this book, fresh off, hot off the marketplace. But Richard, if they, if they don't get that first, you know, the giveaway, how can they get this book? Well, Amazon.com has it. Okay. And then you can you can go to one of my two websites. Okay. Uh, MITMRadio.org. Okay. Or you can go to RichardHamlet.com. Okay. Either one of those sites have it, or Amazon uh, has it highlighted. And again, the name of the book. Memoirs from the marketplace. Oh, that's great. This is awesome. I love it. I knew I knew you were going to take that collective wisdom and put it together some way. So this is great, <laughs> man. Well, listen, let's uh, let's talk about this. What do you what do you what do you give God glory for in your business and in, in your ministry? Well, you know, I, I look at uh, giving glory to God uh, in, 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 a, in from a couple different eye gates. One is I look at giving glory to God in in in, in my work uh, because 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 God is the one that has created work mm. and He's created us to work as image bearers and so whatever we do, Bob, in word or deed, we are to do it to the glory of God. 
and uh, and so I, I look at I look at the, the, uh, that as you know a part of a, a creative work uh, okay. within God's creation. But parallel to that is the redemptive work mm. uh, and the work that Christ did for us uh, in His grace, uh, uh, His redemptive work to to reconcile us to God as sinners to our holy God and the good news of the gospel. And so when we work. Uh, we want to give glory to God by being salt and light, yep. by intentionally being a sweet aroma of the gospel to God in, in, in witness, uh, intentional witness. And mm -hmm. uh, so I think in both ways, the creative element and redemptive element, it's so important to see how God wants to uh, be glorified through, through our service. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> what I'm exhorting business leaders and have been now for a couple of years is, you know, these young people that are in the marketplace, the millennials and the Zs and all that, you know, they're they're skeptical. And yeah. what I've seen and they've been seeing since they were little kids is people talking one way and walking yeah. in a different direction. So if you're a professed right. Christian, I, you know, I really want to put this out to business leaders. If people know that you're a Christian leader, uh, you know, you've got that walk and that talk has got to be the same. And yeah. uh, I think it was St. George of them said, you know, go out and spread the gospel, use words if necessary. I would yeah. tell you, leading by example is going to be what these young people really see, that you're actually leading what you're about. And yeah. um, to your point, Richard, uh, that's what, you know, one of the things I'm praying for all the time, not only for them, but also for my leadership, because I know that I've got a big bullseye on my back. I, a lot of people know I'm a Christian, and, and I'm, you know, very aware of that and very cognizant. I'm a sinner. Yeah. There's no question about it. But the fact of the matter is I'm much more conscious and aware of yeah. what I'm doing out there for as an example, okay? Yeah. So I'm sure yeah. you're in that court also, right? <laughs> I am, and the thing I communicate is, you know, you know, I, like you said, I mean, we're sinners saved by grace. Yep. We're being sanctified by the grace of God and made in the image of Christ, but that's a that's a process, and that's a painful process. Sometimes. Oh boy, <laughs> man! So said when it. we have setbacks in business, yep. when we have failures in business, mm -hmm. when we have things that, that the outcomes, the you know, as we say, it, it's not within. The, the, the variance is outside what we projected. We need to take ownership of that. Yep. We need to say, hey, with, by the grace of God, I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to go forward with this. And we need to tell those people around us, you know, look, when, we, when we've messed up, uh, when something's happened, we need to be transparent and say, hey, you know, let's hit the reset button, you know. Yeah. And that's an opportunity to even show the grace of God and, and lead in a conversation to, to God's mercy to us in Jesus Christ. Boy, and you said a mouthful that with younger people, authenticity is huge, you know, and being transparent yeah. about that. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of leaders, us lower leaders, you know, we weren't brought up with, you know, accepting that. You know, we weren't, right. we weren't brought up to take responsibility for mistakes or whatever, own up to stuff, you know. So that's, yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that, you know, you, you aspire to the same things I'm trying to do, too. Uh, how do you provide hope to people and, and people that you are, are facing challenges? Well, I, I think we need to go to, to the scripture and I think we need to be to share with them how uh, the things that we see in this world, Bob, uh, the, one day all of this is going to be gone. Yep. Um, and, and we need to be looking uh, with the eyes of faith through the scripture into the world to come. And the invisible to us now, the things we cannot see in the spiritual realm. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important because uh, when we see what's happened in our country, especially these last two years with this pandemic, right. I mean, there are so many people that have lost hope 
many people have given up on church. Yep. They're de-church yep. or ex-church or unchurched. I don't know all the acronyms, uh, <laughs> yep. but we know, and only God knows if they're truly believers or not, but they've lost hope. Mm. So we need to be out telling the good news that God is not dead, that God is on the throne, and that this pandemic didn't catch him by surprise, and we want him to be glorified through our witness even as we come out of this, and, and the church starts gathering again, hopefully, right. uh, with uh, this health, health issue going away. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and the other thing, too, about this, I think, you know, again, you know, nothing happens by accident. I think, there, yes. as you said, God, this wasn't a surprise to him. Matter of fact, Amen. I think that I, I see, you know, uh, the old expression, glass is half full or half empty. Well, I've yeah. reframed that out. It's refillable, Richard. <laughs> That's true. So, and I think God's refilling it. And he's starting from a, you know, again, when you come to Christ, oftentimes it's at the lowest point of your life. It's where you've yeah. given up and you, get, you surrender, right? And I think yeah. through the pandemic, it also uh, put an emphasis on relationships. And, and right. I'm a relationship guy, and we were getting away from that in this digital world. Uh, I'm, 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 you know, I'm really concerned about the young people spending way more time with something that's an inanimate object versus actual relationships. And yeah. so, you Good know, point. for me, it's, you know, it's, it's praying around that, that, but also um, one of the things that I'm going to share with you before we end here is a, a, a group that's out there called G7. And I want to make sure mm -hmm. that we touch on that a little bit too. But in the meantime here, um, you know, being being a guy that's uh, a little north of 50 now, <laughs> what words of wisdom would you have given your younger self, know what you know now? Well, I think I would, uh, I would convey the truth that uh, uh, we need to be prepared on a daily basis for things to happen that we did not anticipate. Mm -hmm. And that's in our business, for sure, whether we're employers or employees. Um, whether we're suppliers or vendors or providers, whatever, but also that God in his providence, God is working, and sometimes there's sweet providence, as mm -hmm. it's been labeled, and sometimes, Bob, many times there's what we call bitter providence. Mm -hmm. And the enemy wants to, to, to defeat us yep. uh, this, in this spiritual warfare. He wants to, uh, to discourage us, uh, but God has ordained even those failures. Yep. He has he has 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 drawn the lines in our in our path, and so we should take comfort that you know God is the one that's working behind us. And so I, if you know I knew that younger, but I wish I would have focused on that more, uh, kind of in my midlife. Of course, my calling mm -hmm. was was a you know a cataclysmic event for yeah, me as a really. midlife crisis, <laughs> some would say. But uh, but I think that's what I would want to know: be more be more prepared. Uh, for the uncertainty, for the things that happened that uh, that were unplanned, and know that God is working through those things uh, for His glory and for our good as Christians. Yeah, I know that one for me was less worrying about things I have no control over, you know, and uh, because there's so little you have control over. But one thing you do have control over is your faith, and you know, yes. praying and being you know obedient to the Lord. Last service uh, name, uh, you know, it's something funny, cool, and interesting. What's that? I said, name something that's funny, cool, and interesting about Richard. Oh, oh, that's, you know, that's an <laughs> indicting question there. Well, um, you had a pretty good one that you shared with me. <laughs> well, uh, I, one thing that is interesting about me uh, is, is I get as I get older, uh, I'm not, I've lost some of my hair, but my hair is becoming more wavery. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I actually used to have 
about about 10 years ago i had a real block haircut and yeah. now i'm, I'm 61 yeah. and now i'm kind of liking since i've got hair and a lot of my contemporaries don't you i'm kind of letting it go let it go so, uh, <laughs> I, I let it go i'm I can come up in chicago in the wind up there there you, know? you go buddy there you go but there's also something pretty meaningful there that you're how you're equally yoked you shared something with me about yes yeah, with uh with, with my wife yeah yeah she's uh, uh she's uh the wife of my youth okay uh, and she's my she's three things to me bob yep um she's my sweetheart she's my girlfriend and she's my wife okay and it's very biblical when those are all three the same person amen 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 i just crossed over 35 years to my lovely bride on monday and uh, we've known each other for 40, and I tell you, it, uh, it seems like it's getting better every year. So I can't believe our time is up already here. Folks, you got to stay with us now. I'm going to be back with Richard. We're going to roundtable a mystery subject. So I'm not going to tell you. you got to come back to find out what that mystery subject was. And also I'm going to tell you a little bit about some more exciting news about uh, G7 networking. Okay, so stay tuned. We're going to be right back with Dr. Richard Hamlet. Uh, with faith ministry, faith, uh, my faith marketplace ministry. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, are you looking for ways to increase your business? Are you hungry for business relationships that matter? that helps you grow personally, professionally, and spiritually? Well, welcome to G7 Networking with Purpose, where we form relationships that lead to quality referrals and life transformation. Experience networking with others of like mind and spirit via monthly meetings that follow a powerful format that invites interaction and connection. Immerse yourself in a proprietary G7 app, sharing leads, prayer requests, and increased visibility with the entire G7 network. Chapters are forming here in Chicagoland. I'd love to hear from you. So you can uh, text me at 312-210-0603 and uh, keyword G, the letter G and the numeral seven. I'll be glad to share information. But the other exciting thing is we are now in six states and the train is fueled and God has got that thing fueled up. And this is going to be a nationwide before you know it. So here in Chicago, we have six chapters going. We've got over 70 people incorporated. We're in Minnesota, Illinois now. We're in um, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Florida, and uh, Texas is coming on board too. So just get out there and text me 312-210-0603, keyword G7. We're back here with my guest, Dr. Richard Hamlet, founder host of Ministry in the Marketplace. And Richard, what are we going to roundtable? The multifamily industry. My, multifamily. Okay, yeah, yeah. Now you've got some experience estate. in that, yeah. So what, what share with us as to some of the things you see as uh, how that can manifest itself and be, well, be well, God-ordained. <laughs> yeah, so when I was a, a, a bond trader years ago, before I was a pastor, uh, a financing guy, I used to, we used to finance apartment complexes um, for developers mm -hmm. and where people would live. And I always saw that as, as a Christian at the time of, of financier guys, they wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be awesome to be able to, to do that uh, with a faith-based approach and uh, capital group and, and come in and really be able to provide uh, not only housing uh, services for, for, uh, for residents, but also give them an opportunity to hear the good news of the gospel. Yeah, uh, or even to learn uh, to learn new skills if it's a lower income type profile. So a couple stories uh, when we started our foundation, we actually 
went in that direction and so we for years were investing in, uh, in, uh, in the, some of those type communities. And um, I remember we, we had a professional management company that managed the properties. Mm. Um, and uh, they would have staff, and we didn't know who they were, you know, the found, it's the foundation. Right. And so I remember seeing one of the, the staff members who, who actually worked and managed the properties and the residents. Uh, we, one day was having questions about the Christian faith, and so I uh, was able to talk to them and with our uh, chaplain that was there too. Uh, this person who was a professional property manager who was doing their job working for a, a secular real estate company through their job there at that property they were able to hear the good news of Jesus and they and they put place their trust in Christ and they were oh, wow. they became a follower of Jesus wow and then they began to use their job there as a manager that to reach out to people in the name of Jesus wow. and help uh, those residents that had needs isn't that beautiful that is beautiful now I mean, you know from a previous guest that I had on here uh, a couple that had formed really a real estate uh, you know uh, investment organization that would invest yeah. in multi-tenant or you know properties yeah. and and so um why don't you share with because i know that you've done some of this so uh, you know for those of them out there that might be interested in this kind of investment uh is there ways they can do this or get to people that would have these organizations well i think there's two foes uh one is if if, if any of our uh you know listeners are wanting to as, you know, entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. uh, and they want to, with others, invest in in in, in multifamily properties. Uh, I would suggest going with like a, a twoplex or a fourplex or an eightplex, mm-hmm. because multifamily is defined by more than one family. So right. even a duplex is two families, you know, right. rather than right. a single family house. But uh, and look for opportunities maybe there uh, with uh, the banks in a local area, which uh, uh, get some community reinvestment credits for going into certain areas and have you know some capital you raise or it doesn't require a whole lot of course prices have been going up with we're right. kind of on a high level now but it's a good investment because rent rent rental property is a hedge against inflation right and of course interest rates are going up now so your mortgage costs may be more but you you have an opportunity to have a business uh to buy with rent tenants and residence, as we call them, mm-hmm. and you can have somebody manage and If you don't know how to manage it, get a professional company. But then, at the owner, you could reach out to the residents and get to know them, uh, which would be very shocking because most of these properties, they've never met the owner. Right, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and that's one thing. If you're interested in participating yeah. in, like, you're volunteering in the marketplace services with, uh, for instance, like uh, with uh, computer training or mm-hmm. uh, health and wellness, if you're a health medical professional, or you know maybe uh, uh, with tutoring some of the mm-hmm. kids on a property, uh, I, I suggest that you get on the internet in your area mm-hmm. and look for uh, uh, faith, faith-based housing groups. Ah, uh, okay. Groups that would allow you to come on. Most owners of properties don't like uh, volunteers or churches coming on right. because they're not interested in that. Uh, right. But but you may you may be able to align with some groups that were like we've been in the past where you know that's your mission and you go out and you want churches and volunteers to come out and so whether it's from the investment side or from the volunteer side there's opportunities because that's real marketplace that's where people live 
and more people are going to be renting now yep. As, yep. as mortgage rates go up and yep. they can't afford these high prices from the pandemic induced uh, you know price increase yeah richard you know living in that world though do you know of any christian associations out there real estate associations or where it would be you know more uh, you know a, a, an easier route to to find some people well, that are you the, know well the, one one i could recommend is the the, the north american mission board which okay. is, that's actually a southern baptist agency okay uh, but you know uh, i you know I'm, I'm a baptist but jesus wasn't you with me yeah uh, but, but anyway that's my denomination in, in atlanta they've got uh groups that are multifamily specialists you can okay. do nam.org or look that up uh and then each denomination normally has some group that's involved in the housing advocacy and so th- there may be groups that you can get to uh, through them, you know, it's location and where's and where you know who's active in that area. Right. Uh, but I know in the Chicago area there are, there are many. Okay. Uh, called you know nonprofit uh, housing owner operators or faith based okay. owner operators, uh, and you could you know you could get involved. Uh, and volunteering and, and, and working with a lot of the residents. Yeah, you heard it, folks, because, you know, right now, if you're out there listening and you are looking at investments right now, particularly with the headwinds we got coming and some of the other things, Richard said something was very profound. More and more people are going to be renting. And yeah. how, how you can turn that into a ministry. Now, obviously, you got to get equally yoked with an organization that, that sees that yeah. and has the same values you do. And that's why I was picking at you a little bit, Richard. There were some obvious things out there where they could go, where right. we could send them. Uh, because, uh, you know, I know that I got enlightened to this about a year and a half ago. And I thought, wow, this is this is really great. Talk about missional, you know, being able yeah. to do that. And in uh, a couple of them that are, uh, you know, believers that got together, their resources together. Uh, this particular one had a history of investing in multi-units and that kind of thing. So yeah. they really, uh, you know, vet properties. They look for the for the opportunities yeah. and then they also yeah. manage them. So that was okay. the other thing. They don't just, you know, take the money in, then throw it off to an outside management company. They actually right. get engaged in managing it, too, so it's done well. That's great. So anyway, wow. I can't believe we're out of time already. Richard, I can't thank you <laughs> it enough. Went fast. I knew it would go fast, and I knew you'd be fabulous because, you know, being on the other side of the mic, you know how this works, you know. <laughs> so I was just thrilled to be able to have you on as my guest this time. And, and we're in the Salem family, so, uh, you know, our, our general manager yes. up here encouraged me to make sure that we got together again. I'm just so thrilled that we were able to folks you got to come back here next saturday noon to one o'clock on am 1160 hope for your life where we'll be again having another fabulous guest on to inspire equip and encourage you to lead where you're at by your walk okay also get out there check out faithmarketplace.com there's a donate button out there so uh, before the holidays come up you got a couple extra bucks a week that's how this ministry is funded so get out there and check us out Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.